have I got a short story for you. The toughness in this woman to survive and thrive after being attacked by not one but two lions at the age of 18 in a wildlife rehab center in Africa. A fucking amazing. As is the rest of her podcast, which will be posted tomorrow. But for now, a word from our sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. This is a website that has all sorts of unique, cool, one-of-a-kind, you-ain't-getting-this-shit-anywhere-else merch created by an individual. Just think of him as a local artist. Go to AndrePsyche.com for clothing, accessories, books, art, podcasts, poetry, music, prints. He's a creative genius and a great guy. In fact, you can get to know him. Yep, shameless plug, because he was on this very podcast, I believe, episode 19. So go to AndrePsyche.com for Can't Find It Anywhere Else merch. We are also brought to you, that was a dramatic pause, by the Getting to Know You pod. Please, friend and follow the pod. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We don't bring any drama. We just post pictures of the people that we get to know. It's all one word, getting to know you pod. Also, subscribe and rate the pod on the platform you got it from. Just move your thumbs over there right now. Five stars, if you don't mind. Um, nothing less than four, though, please. Only positive. Finally, if you would like to support the production of this podcast, please go to our Patreon page by going to patreon.com. Searching, again, it's all one word, getting to know you pod. We really appreciate the support, and if you are actually looking to have your business sponsor the pod in an official type way, just shoot us a message through social media. And now, getting to know just a little bit of you. Hello. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to Getting to hope you like me Because I'm good enough Getting to know you Putting it my way But nicely I'm smart enough You are precisely And doggone it My cup of tea Typically I don't really take chances with danger levels Because the way that I got attacked by a lion Was it was in 2013 And I was volunteering at a rehabilitation center For injured wildlife Um, so my job as a young volunteer was just to kind of clean the cages and, uh, feed the animals. There was not necessarily like much hands-on contact, especially with the larger animals. Okay. So I was in the feeding cage of one of these lions where there were two lions actually. And the way that a feeding cage, uh, works in general and in this rehab center is like, you can imagine that there's like a standard rectangular enclosure and like that is kind of made out of a chain link fence. Right. And so if you think about the kind of structure of a chain link fence, you can maybe stick your fingers through it, maybe your hand if it's small, but like it's, it's not, you can't get dragged through it. If that makes any sense. You yeah. following? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so a feeding cage is like this adjacent shed to, um, to the side of that enclosure. And so it's, it only has like three walls because the, the fourth wall of the feeding cage is the enclosure itself. 
Okay. Right. So it's like just three added metal walls onto the enclosure with the fourth wall being the chain link fence so that it kind of makes this four walled structure and it's small. It's the feeding cage. And then you got two doors. Right. So you got one door for the worker to get into the feeding cage and then one door that's like on the enclosure itself for the animal to get into the feeding cage. And so you can't open both doors at once or else you've opened up like a portal, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So essentially my door was open, his door was closed, which is the way that it should have been, but his door, um, so like next to his door is just the standard chain link fence, but his door itself is supposed to be made out of pure steel. So there's not supposed to be any holes in it. Sometimes it's made out of bars, like bars that are vertically next to each other, but the space between the bars is like the, the size of a finger. And so, um, again, can't be dragged through, but the faulty gate, um, in this one was that his door was made out of bars that were about an iPhone's width apart, like take an iPhone uh, four specifically. I don't know what the dimensions of an iPhone four is, but take one, turn it longward. So horizontally. And, um, that's the distance between the bars. And, uh, I, I mean, I, look, when I was in there, I was instructed to be there alone. Uh, and, uh, the, like I saw the bars, but I didn't think anything of them. It just didn't register that it was a danger until the lion came really, really close to the bars because he's used to humans. He was adopted really young. And the other lion was like out somewhere in her enclosure. She wasn't right there, but he was really, really close to the bars and he was kind of just like rolling around and actually being playful and familiar. Um, and I wasn't touching him because you're not allowed to touch the lions, even through the gate when there's no supervision. So like, you know, we had pet them through the gate, uh, like through the chain link fence earlier that day, but we had supervision and the guy was literally like doing it with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was instructed to be in there alone and I knew the rules. Uh, but by the same token, if a lion is that close to you, it's not like you're instructed to call for help. Like it's not supposed to be dangerous. It's just like, don't touch the gate and then like use common sense. So like generally try and stay maybe like a half foot away from the gate just in case, cause it's chain link. Right. So just in case they lunge, like you have a little bit of space, you don't need that much space. Right. You know? Yeah. So I was, but then when the line got really close to the, I call them jail bars. Um, I could see that like, as he was kind of sitting down, his paws were only a bit bigger than the width of two of the bars. And so this is the moment that I most regret in the sense that like, I felt a sense of danger. I could tell that something was a little off, but instead of saying something, I decided to think to myself, well, it has to be safe because why would they have put you in here if it wasn't safe? Like I didn't give them the credibility that maybe they could have made an error. Like it didn't, that's not the path that I took. Whereas it should have been, I should have been a little bit less trustworthy and thought like, Hey, maybe this isn't okay. So what I did was I was like, okay, this feels a little wrong, but I'm sure it's fine. So I'm just going to take an extra step back. Um, and not like, you know, normally you're about a half foot away at, at minimum. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was like, maybe like two feet now. Uh, and like, you can't really step more back than that because you're in a feeding cage. So there's only like a few feet that you can step back before you hit a wall. And also I'm five foot four and I was ducking to stand in there. So oh, it's not okay. very big. And then the lion, um, when I was cleaning it, like at this point, I'm not looking at him because I don't want to, I don't want to say provoke, but I just didn't really want to interact with him. I felt like he was too close, but I didn't mind him there. I just felt like it was, I didn't want to like, I don't know, let him know that I was interested. I just kind of stopped looking at him. But then uh, he started following me with his eyes, which again, I ignored and didn't say anything because I was like, well, it must be fine. And then when I was sideways, so I wasn't turned facing him anymore, I was cleaning 
he stuck his whole arm, like almost to the end of his arm width or arm length through the bars and was able to snatch my like lower calf. And then like that's like a, like a claw nail. Right. So the way that it digs into your, um, (gasps) like it, it it just pulls you. Right. It's like a, it's like a knife that's like concave up. Uh I don't know if that makes like it, it, it's a hook. It's like a fishing hook. Yeah. I was about, uh, that's exactly what I'm picturing. Like it, it doesn't, pierce it's not like a bee sting where it's like a needle no this fucking thing like when it wants something that's how it gets it right like you see them hanging on to like zebras when the zebra's sprinting and they're able to do that because they have claws like that do you own a cat like a like a i mean i used to yeah okay um you ever like uh rub your cat's belly uh and then it gets like overstimulated and it kind of like bites your hand and like yeah like kind of Okay, when it pulls your, do you ever notice like how when it did that to you, it would, uh, how it would use both of its paws and it almost like it has it has wrists mm-hmm. and it pulls inwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Think about the wrists of a cat. I don't know if that like if I'm explaining this right, but it has like um a hook to its arm and then in addition to that a hook to its claw. Right. And so I know which scar it is on my leg that the that the first snatch was from. Uh. I don't want to, it's not necessarily hook shaped. Maybe it was inside, but it's small. That's the point. And so basically he pulled me through and then I don't know how, like, I don't know how this was so smooth, but my whole leg, the one that he caught got pulled through the bars and I couldn't get it out. Cause like my knee got stuck at the point of like, like my thigh was too big for it, but right. it was pushed through cause it's all fat. Right. Yeah. But at the same time I was, I was 18. So a smaller girl, um, I wasn't like anorexic, but I was like on the, I was like kind of pity five foot four. Right. <laughs> it, it It's like, I was almost too big to fit through there. And I did with force, but I couldn't pull myself out because I was too big to pull myself out. If yeah, that makes any sense. No, yeah. You're fucking jammed, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. You're jammed in there. And then when I tried to kick with the other leg, he just grabbed that other leg. Oh. So what I'm really great. And he pulled that one through too. So, so what I'm really grateful for is like he had I, I'm pulled up to my thighs, right? So, oh, like to my upper thighs, like basically to my crotch. Yeah, and so, I was about to say. I thought you were going to say I was really grateful to have a crotch because that stopped you from getting drug in. Oh, I almost I almost lost it because Holy he shit. I have a scar like right like on my extremely upper thigh. Uh, but, but I just got lucky because everything like crotched and up was accessible to him, but he just like didn't. He, you, you would have to stick his arm through the bars to get to other parts of me. Right. Um, so you're pulled, you're pulled like basically like as far as your legs can go, like crotch up to the wall. And then all of that is accessible to him. Plus like your face, but he didn't think to reach through the bars more because he had like the legs, which were completely pulled through. Right. And so that's all he really wanted, I guess. And he basically just used it as a chew toy. Um, but every, the, what did, uh, like quicker damage than the biting was the uh, handling with his claws. That does more quicker damage, not as intense damage because it, it doesn't pierce like it cuts, not pierce, but yeah, it did more like ulcerations. The actual, the most pain that I still experience seven years later or six years later, um, seven now is a, a bite through my tibia, which is in your knee. And that it actually hurts right now. It hurts when I talk about it. It's very dull when it hurts when I talk about it. Sometimes it hurts more than others. And sometimes I have a little limp. Um, But again, pretty grateful that it's not 
worse and that uh you you saw like in the show right like I, they showed a picture of my scars so they're they're all over the place but they've healed quite nicely as you could probably see in the in the show dude so you said the animal the lion used your leg as a chew toy like how do you like when they're using it as a chew toy it's just like a little nibble and they're gone or is he trying to like actually rip flesh and like eat um, I don't think that he was trying to rip flesh and eat because you can see uh, there are teeth marks. I mean, we're talking about like you can see four different teeth marks. So like the closed bite um, that went in and then he opens his mouth and then they go, the teeth go out. But if he had actually tried to rip off my leg, he could have just jerked his head. Right. And he didn't. So when I say a chew toy, I don't mean like small nibbles. I mean, like he's biting me fully and scratching and completely closing his mouth. But I say chew toy only because he didn't jerk his head. Yeah, right. And that would that would have taken off the leg, right? So yeah, I mean, it didn't. I wouldn't call it playful, but oh no, I wasn't thinking. I'm, I, again, like just when when you say chew toy, I think of a lion biting. Um, like again, go into the nature videos of the zebras down, and they're just their neck snaps to the side, their mane kind of flies right, and like you just see the flesh being ripped off of whatever it just killed. So I, I hadn't, I had never thought about that before. Like the chew toy, it's almost similar when you like um, learn about sharks and a lot of shark attacks that they do that bite to kind of see what you are. And that's why so many people survive a shark attack because they're not biting to, to, to rip, to eat. They're almost biting to test. Yeah. Um, this line was also used to humans because he'd been orphaned as a cub. And so he'd been at the center for a long time. And then there was actually two lions, which people, like the media just doesn't cover this, but his mate came and, and bit my foot as well. So she was there too. I think that they were exceptionally stressed because after about a minute or two, um, I was screaming for help and then help did come and people were trying to pull me out. And like part of the tactic of doing that were like, there's only so many people that can fit in the feeding cage. And so other people who weren't able to fit or who didn't have room to kind of help would bang on the pots, like the cleaning pots and, and uh, with like their, their brooms just to make noise and ruckus. Uh-huh. And that kind of spooked them. And so they almost like, although it worked, it's my understanding that that ruckus made them more aggressive in a sense, but uh-huh. it ultimately was enough to get them off, but it angered them or spooked them. Jesus. So, so. Look, just for my picturing in my head, because Jesus, that's a lot. Your two legs, your crotch high into a bar. Two lions now are nibbling. There's a couple people trying to grab you. Not, and- it's not nibbling. It's it's aggressive biting. I'm it's sorry. just it's just yeah yeah. Is it because they're not like they were kind of roaring and they were like growling. Jesus Christ, dude! And then the pots and yeah. pans are banging. And you said this is like minutes. I don't think sometimes people yeah. realize how long fucking minutes can be in traumatic experiences. Definitely multiple minutes. I can God. promise that. Jesus Christ. Because the thing is like, okay, so I get pulled through. Um, I didn't have a partner. And the reason why I didn't, because you're supposed to be in pairs of two, is because there was an uneven amount of volunteers in that area. And so I was instructed to be alone uh, for two reasons. One, well, I think it was three. One, because um, there was an uneven amount of people. So odd people. And then two, because I was one of the more experienced people at the, um, at the center at that time. Like I had been there longer than some of the others and three, because the cage was quite clean. So there wasn't much to scrub off. Um, and so 
The thing is though, when they left me there to clean it by myself, like we had just been as a group petting the lion through the chain link fence at the counselor's discretion. So like he actually told us and he said like, Hey girls, like go over there and like, we can all kind of touch the lion's fur as it rubs against the chain link fence. And and that was amazing. Right. We had a lot of fun, um, under supervision. And so when he left, he knew that the lion was literally rubbing himself up against the gate that was adjacent to my feeding cage. And so it wasn't like a secret. And so that's kind of also why I didn't go on high alert when he kept doing it. Right. Cause I was like, well, the counselor knows the counselor just left. Um, so what was I saying? Yeah. Anyways, so I had to scream for help. And then one of the girls, her name was Emma. She came into my feeding cage and she, she saw what was happening. And her first instinct was to try and pull me out. So she put her arms under my armpits and started walking backwards. But she so quickly gave up because she realized that it was her versus one or two lines at that point. Um, and she ran away. And I remember her like later on, she apologized to me for running away. But I fully understood. I was like, I know why you did it. It's because you weren't going to be able to do this yourself and you wanted to get help. Like I fully understand. And I have like the opposite of resentment towards her for running away. I just, I thought it was so crazy when she apologized for not pulling me out Yeah, because she, you know, like, well, no, yeah. Like what, just, what are you, what are you going to do? You can sit there and keep trying to drag you, but if you just physically no, don't do have right that thing. strength, wouldn't cool. that actually like almost make it more. And, and I don't want to like belittle it by saying playful, but like I, I'm thinking, uh, so I, I have a, I have a dog and you know, the more I pull on the rope, the more the dog pulls back and starts growling and almost like gets more primitive. Yeah. Well, it's my understanding that that's what happened. Right. Cause like when more people came through, um, a lot of the bigger and stronger people who knew more what they were doing there, uh, it took a chain. So like the, the counselor put his arms under my armpits and then started to pull back. And then it, I think, I, I mean, I don't know cause I can't see, right. Like I have a weird perspective of this, but like, I understand that it was a chain of people who were all walking back in like a train. Right. Jesus. Um, and then at a certain point it broke free, but I pulled my leg before they were there. I pulled my leg so hard to try and get it out of there. And even with all of my force, I couldn't pull it out. And I think I did some damage to my knee um, myself because of how hard I pulled my leg. Right. Like I, I kind of like damaged my uh, side nerves, like the ACLs. Um. And that was in part because of me, right? Because I'm trying to pull as hard as I can. And like, you know how when like a mom lifts a car for a baby? Yeah. yeah. It was like, I think it was that level of strength, right? Because it was like everything that I had. And then once I exerted that strength, I almost like collapsed because I had nothing left in me. So <clears throat> like, I, I couldn't do it myself. It took like a group of, of men and women, like strong people right. in a train. And um, anyways, I was, I don't want to say I was fine, but I lived, right? <clears throat> as you can see, <laughs> I still have some, some lasting nerve damage, uh, obviously mental damage, right. That's a given, but like there is physical pain that I deal with chronically. And, uh, there are some flexibility limitations that I have, but those aside, I'm exceptionally lucky and grateful for the turnout. I can walk. I don't have a noticeable limp. Um, and yeah, I had the privilege of going back to South Africa to reclaim my survival, right? Like who gets that? So how far the, apart are these cages? Or I mean, like, so when you said you got dropped off at the cage and then the counselor rolls out, like, are they going half a mile away or like, I, I guess I'm trying to picture uh, the setup. I would say that the separation between cages might be like the size of like an American backyard. Like, oh, okay. like you know, all right. Like, 
it takes it takes a second to walk like you can run it pretty quickly okay but like think think about it this way okay so the the feeding cages there's one per enclosure right so <laughs> they're at least as far apart as the enclosures but a bit more because they're more like centered okay yeah they're they're about as far apart as like a full line enclosure yeah cuz then i'm just trying to th- the the time it's funny i'm not like a numbers person like you or whatever but i'm trying to like think of the time and urgency and you're surviving and help is trying to get there and it's not like there's just a bunch of people around that can immediately help you which is like what's so striking to me about like how fucking scary that is that it's like you're you're on your own for a bit there that's that's fucking oh yeah you're on your own and and also um like it, I mean, so you're on your own, right? And then you scream for help and then Emma gets there and then she leaves again, right? Yeah. And then that was a weird amount of time because I was like, well, do I just wait or do I continue to fight, right? And I, I continue to fight and try, but it's at the same point, like you you realize that there's a strength imbalance and what are you supposed to do, give up? Like I remember wanting to take a nap. It was an irrational thought, but I really wanted to go to sleep, which is like what happens when you're dying, right? And I, I didn't, uh, I was able to pull through it and realize it was not a logical thought. But that was like the worst, right? So after I called for help and then she left. But again, like I'm really grateful that she did leave because without that, she wouldn't have been able to pull me up herself. And are you, when you're fighting back, are you kicking your legs? Because if you're jammed in there, the mobility for your legs to to use them to ward them off, it has to be super limited, right? So when I say fighting back, it's more like trying to get out. Um, Yeah, right. Usually, so there was two lions, like I said, but the second one came after help did. Okay. So I was fighting off one. And again, when I say fighting, I mean trying to get out. And so usually he only had leverage on one leg. So what I would try and do is take the other leg and pull it out, which is why I did so much damage to my knee because there was a point where my left leg was available Mm -hmm. and I was able to try and pull it out. I don't remember if it had been bit at that point. I couldn't feel a thing. Uh, I could feel like heat and sting and stinging, but not pain just yet. And I was really concerned about that because I was thinking, well, how much longer do you have before it starts to hurt? And um, quite a while, like uh, until I got pulled out, only after that did it start to hurt. So Jesus, that's yeah, amazing to me too. So like you you almost went numb down there during the attack. Yeah. You do. Well, I, um, Holy shit. I was hit by a car in 2009 and um, this was this so the lion attack. I don't consider it to be my fault. I just consider the fact that I could have said something, um, which I didn't, because I thought that you know the gate wasn't faulty. Um, but the the car accident was partially my fault. And I've now become an expert on the subject I like most: getting to know you. Thanks to Lauren for sharing that experience with us i um (laughs) kind of a dick move but i was laughing at the beginning of this short story because she had just told something hilarious about monkeys and her experience on naked and afraid and as far as the bike accident guess you're just gonna have to check out the entire pod we call that a teaser in the industry also, thanks to andrepsyche.com for sponsoring the getting to know you pod check out his website for trippy merch that's worth checking out. Please follow, friend, subscribe, rate the Getting to Know You pod wherever you can. 
And if the spirit moves you, go to patreon.com, become a member and a supporting part of our productions. Finally, we have that Randy Moss straight cash money, homie mentality here. So if you'd like to sponsor the pod and have an advertisement spoken about you or your business, just message us. Later.